The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective here. It is a wonderful Thursday. I love Thursdays. That means the end of the week is drawing near. College football is right around the corner. And that means Thursday night football. Washington Redskins, New York Giants. Uh, we definitely have to delve into uh, this game. Uh, uh, NFC East division rival with playoff implications. But when, when you look at the game within itself, a Washington Redskins team, I mean, who, who would have thought it? Now, we know the NFC South was just horrendous last year and, and being a Drew Brees having his, his issues. But the NFC East, Here's coming into the season. Everyone thought that this was going to be that division. You know, can Eli Manning get the Giants back to where they once were when they were, you know, a championship caliber team? And then Chip Kelly, whether it was the offseason or, you know, now in season, the Philadelphia Eagles and Chip Kelly, they just seemed to dominate the conversation. You know, it was like, well, Look at all these moves that they made in the offseason and how brilliant or how devious Chip Kelly was going to look depending on how the season started and finished. But right now, if, if the start of the season is any indication, there are some issues, major Issues and a city of brotherly love is not feeling the love right now. You have a quarterback in Matthew Stafford, and let the record show I've said it before I didn't think he was a viable option for the St. Louis Rams or Chip Kelly and his system. In that read option system, you have to have a quarterback that's very mobile. He has to be very mobile to run that read option because there's always have to be the threat to run. Sam Bradford, who is coming off two surgically repaired knees, and when you go back to the Monday night game against 
the Atlanta Falcons, he looked really skittish. And we can say, well, you know, and I had someone on Twitter to tell me this. Hey, calm down, man. This is the first hasn't played in a while. And I said, well, that's my point. Tim Kelly definitely has to do something about his offense. You can't have a guy like Sam Bradford controlling it and running your offense when he can't effectively move around in the pocket. Very skittish, like I said before. Very nervous. Looking like he didn't know exactly where to go with the ball. And poor DeMarco Murray. And that's the one thing about it. When you are a guy and you face your previous employee, your previous team, you want to beat them as much as they want to beat you. But for him, he didn't have any support. The offensive line was very pedestrian at best. And and protection. I mean, there was one point in the game where on maybe three consecutive run plays, Dallas Cowboys defenders were in the backfield. You might as well have given them the handoff. DeMarco Murray nursing what appears to be a sore hamstring, but he says that he is likely uh, to play this week as Chip Kelly and the Eagles find themselves traveling to MetLife Stadium to take on Todd Bowles and the New York Jets, who are 2-0. You can argue all you want to about the Jets being 2-0 and and say, well, really, who did the Jets play? They played Cleveland, where they knocked Josh McCall out of the game, and then Johnny Manziel came in relief. Then they played... The Lofu Coles, I mean Colts, excuse me, that is. You want to call them Coles because they, they don't qualify as being the Colts. Because this is not the same Andrew Luck-led Colts team. So, yeah, yeah, call them the Coles. They have to earn the right to be called the Colts. But they beat the Colts. And once again, Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. Did a great job on the Bruce Aarons in Arizona. And that's one thing I told individuals. And they said, well, Lloyd Jets fans, yeah, he was a coach here once before, but how is he going to be as a head coach? How great is his defense going to be? I mean, they're, they're still not exactly where Todd Bowles want this defense unit to be. But they're a whole lot better than they were last year. And the one thing I liked about what I saw in the preseason, and we still seeing it right now, in the regular season, it is the fact that how they get after the quarterback. I mean, when you talk about harassing the quarterback, this Jets team does a great job of doing They've done it for the past two weeks. And you can say, well, maybe Rex Ryan gave him a little of a blueprint when they faced the Colts in week one. But talk about harassing the quarterback, making his life miserable. They can continue to do that for Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. But the Colts have some big issues. They can't seem to protect the quarterback either. And you look around the league, 
you see that predominantly. You look at Johnny, the Johnny Manziel last year, they had issues. They're trying to show up their offensive line. They're doing a better job than they did previously. The Tennessee Titans had issues. Jameis Winston and Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a couple of young guys up front that are kind of learning on the job. But this Colts team, you would figure you have free agency, you have the NFL draft, you would do something to make sure that you are solid on both sides of the ball. But more importantly, you have a franchise quarterback and Andrew Luck, and you can't protect him and keep him upright. I don't care how skillful Andrew Luck is, any quarterback for that matter. If the guys up front are not working cohesively together, giving him a clean pocket to throw from, it is going to be very, very difficult. They're on the road, and it's going to be very difficult because now they go and take their show to Tennessee, Another team that struggled, like I said, with the office line and protection. But I think Ken Woods and Hunt is going to have that team fired up and ready to go. And we could see an 0-3 start for this Indianapolis Colts team, which we kind of thought was kind of unheard of. The last time we saw the Colts start like this is when Peyton Manning went out and they had this carousel of guys coming in and instead to man the helm at the quarterback position. And then it was the suck for luck campaign, and they landed Andrew Luck. But now there's no suck for luck. Andrew Luck is in the fold. They just can't protect him. And the running game is not solid. It's not where it needs to be. And I'm thinking, listen, in this offseason, you went out and got, you grabbed Andre Johnson from the Houston Texans. And when you look at the offense, they're not featuring him in the offense as though they should. I think he was targeted maybe two or three times in that game, maybe for 27 yards. And granted, there there were like one or two catches that I think Andre should have made. But I think Pep Hamilton, the Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator, needs to find ways to get the ball in his playmakers. I mean, T.Y. Hilton nursing that sore knee. You have another guy, Philip Dorsett, who, you know, definitely can take the top off the defense. And he showed with a couple of plays downfield that he has that playmaking ability. So you got to get these guys the ball. Now, what's going to happen with the running game is just like the passing game. If you cannot protect in the passing game, and you cannot move your feet and move guys off their, their point or their position. You can't establish the run game. And this is the team, you know, that needs to run run the ball well. And that sets up play action. and opens up the vertical passing game for Andrew Luck. But tough hill to climb for Chuck Pagano. After losing to the Buffalo Bills, you heard some of the whispers about, well, is he the right coach now? And you get all these knee-jerk reactions after – a team, you know, drops a couple of games, maybe the first game of the season. But I'm sure if they drop this game against Tennessee, oh, yeah, you can just read the front page right now. 
You know, Chuck Pagano, what's happening over a year? He's got to go. How do we go from being one game away from a Super Bowl berth to starting out 0-3? Not paying attention to the fact that you beat up on both sides of the ball. You have some young guys in there in the secondary, special teams guys who now I'm forced to be starters in the defense with some injuries. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens and what the storylines are going to be after week three for these Indianapolis Colts. Coming up after the break, we will hear a little bit from Jeff Fisher. He changed up the schedule last week for his Rams before they played the Washington Redskins, but did that have anything to do with the lopsided loss? A disappointing loss, let's just call it that, to the Washington Redskins. You listen to Nick Ferguson's secondary perspective here on Voice America Sports. We'll be right back on the opposite side of this break. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Thursday night football tonight, the New York Giants taking on the Washington 
Redskins or a Redskins team that really deflated the bubble for a St. Louis Rams team that started off week one on fire, beating their division rival Seattle Seahawks. And this was a game that the Rams needed to come out and start fast, not just in the game, but just in the season. Because these divisional games have implications late in December and then January. So they came out great. But here's what head coach Jeff Fisher had to say about changing up the schedule and his defense. Everybody's doing it. We're, you know, we're just we're spending more time in walkthroughs, probably less time in the meeting rooms. You know, back in the days, you know, players used to sit in the meeting rooms for three hours straight with a 10-minute break, and it's just it's hard to get them to absorb information. So we're doing a lot more creative things, but namely the walkthroughs and, you know, just different things like that where we're just not sitting down in the chair for an extended period of time. You know, being first the number one ranked defense in the league is not important to us. What's important to us is winning games, and if that happens to also be the case, then that'll be fine. We have a, we have a long way to go. Well, a long way to go. I'm just astonished. Let me start by saying that. Here's a, a team that was, you know, top-rated defense week one. And he changed up the schedule. And, and I love that about Jeff Fisher. He, he's a player's coach. He wants to look after his players. He knows all everything that the players go through, both on and off the field. Now, traditionally, the, in the NFL, that day off is... Maybe that Monday, you get that victory Monday, but, but the day is Tuesday. And he decided to change up the schedule somewhat, giving them the Thursday off. Come in right after the victory over Seattle, get some film work in, work out, get some field work as well, but give him that Thursday off. And I don't know if that's switching up that schedule had anything to do with his team not being prepared because that's what they look like, like they were not prepared at all. And I think what they did, they overlooked that Washington Redskins team. Looking at how they played the week before against the Miami Dolphins, knowing as though there wasn't an RG3 under center. There was Kirk Cousin, a guy who they felt as though, hey, he's not an elite quarterback. We can get after him. We can disrupt his route, his timing. But boy, were they in for a shock, and so was I. Because, I mean, when, when I went through my weekly uh, picks that as I do, it was kind of a no-brainer to pick the Rams over the Washington Redskins. But after watching that game, St. Louis was dominated on both sides of the ball. And surprisingly, the Washington Redskins offensive line that showed shines of trouble in preseason and even last year. They play well. I mean, when you talk about having the ability to move a guy like Chris Long off his spot, Robert Quinn, Aaron McDonald, like some of the best pass rushers, interior pass rushers in the NFL. I mean, totally dominate them. And when you go back and watch the film, the Rams defenders, I mean, 
from the D-line to the second level with the linebackers, it was as though they were married to blocks. They could not get off blocks. And Matt Jones, rookie running back from the University of Florida, had about 139 yards rushing to go with another 59 from Alfred Morris. When your ground attack is chewing up yards and time off the clock like that, it helps a quarterback like Kirk Cousin who's trying to find his way. And I have to give it to Jay Gruden. He did a great job with the game plan. It was We took our shots down the field when they were available. We handed off to our backs, open holes. Jordan Reed, the tight end, I mean, he did a sensational job, you know, finding the creases. Did a great job blocking as well, getting to the second level on the Rams linebackers. So, so I don't know. This is the vision. Is really confusing because could Washington surprisingly be the best thing in the NFC East? Who, who would have thought that early in the season? Before the season even started. No RG3. You go to Kirk Cousin. You name him. Basically, he's your starter for the season. Robert Griffin III is inactive. And then you have Chip Kelly and everything he's doing. And you're thinking, no, Philadelphia's going to win this division. Not the Washington Redskins, who now face the Giants that are 0-2. They face them Tonight, and here's what's interesting when I look at this Giants team. Like I said earlier, Tom Coughlin's job is always in jeopardy. Always. It's like, it's never a year where his job is in jeopardy. But just kind of give you some numbers as, as we kind of get ourselves prepared for the game tonight against Washington Redskins and the New York Giants who are 0-2. In NFL history, there have been three teams to start 0-2 and win the Super Bowl. The 93 Dallas Cowboys, the 2001 New England Patriots, and the 07 New York Giants. So, a little history is on the Giants' side. And when you look at the two games that they lost, easily they could have won the, the game against Dallas with better clock management. Easily won the game against the Atlanta Falcons at home last week. But they have to find a way to be consistent. Rashard Jennings, Shane Vereen. If I'm Ben McAdoo, the offensive coordinator, I got to get the ball in, in, in the hands of these guys. I mean, Shane Vereen looked like he was back in a Patriots uniform just playing for the Giants. Soft hands, Great in the open field. And a matchup nightmare for any linebacker. How do you not get him the ball more? Feature him more because you need more offense. You're still without Victor Cruz and you will be without him for a couple more weeks. And you got to try to take the pressure off of Odell Beckham Jr. Find Ruben Randall. Get your key impact players involved. You have to. And when I look at this game 
tonight between the Giants and the Washington Redskins. A nice division, a new battle, uh, I might have. I'm really leaning heavily towards the Giants. I don't think the Tom Coughlin-led team starts the season 0-3. I don't think so. Could you imagine that? The New York Times, the Giants are 0-3. The New York Jets are 3-0. It's like, what's happening? Are we living in bizarro land? But I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't believe that. I cannot believe that the Giants would start off the season 0-3. So I'm just going to jump out there, you know, right now. Let's get my prediction. The Giants win one. And they start off 0-2 on the season. If you want to even talk about being able to compete for a playoff push, all it starts with one game. That's all you need, one game. One game starts a winning streak. That's all they need. One game starts a winning streak. In other news, Cam Chancellor, you know, Mr. Legion of Boom himself, decided that he is going to return to the Seahawks organization and end his holdout. His reasons for ending his holdout, he's saying, my guys need me. They're counting on me. Now, mind you, this is a Cam Chancellor who still has, has a three-year, three years left on his contract. A guy who set out training camp. A guy who was fined half a million dollars and probably will be fined another half a million dollars and expects to come back and be welcomed back in the fold, which he will because they know the type of guy he is, the quality of player that he is. What a time to come back against the Chicago Bears that's without Jay Culler who he's having, having hamstring issues. But enter Jimmy Clausen, another turnover machine. Great time for Cam Chancellor to come back. But my question is, is was the whole lot worth it? I mean, when you think about it, the money he was, he's been fined since he's been out, I mean, that, that's one expensive vacation. Now, I know... Guys find ways to hold out because they don't want to go to training camp. But he, he's missed the entire training camp. He's missed the first two games of the season. So the one thing I always worry about, I don't worry about the fact with Cam Chancellor knowing that locker room, once again, what he means to that team. The one thing I worry about is the fact of his conditioning. Because you can work out. Run the treadmill, you get with the trainer, but nothing is like Football shape. So now I'm wondering how much 
will he play in the game against Chicago? But it might just be fortunate for both he and the Seattle Seahawks that it is against the uh, Chicago Bears. They have a couple guys limping into the game with some injuries. So he might be able to get his, his footing, his bearings in a game like this and maybe come out with a couple of big hits and maybe an interception. But the saga in this conversation is not over. He is coming back. The Seahawks would definitely still have to deal with this issue because if he comes back and they go on a winning streak and they somehow find themselves in a championship game, NFC championship game, that only gives Cam Chancellor and his representation more fuel for another holdout, for more money. I held out, you guys find me. You guys went down 0-2. I came back, revitalized the team like I was a human defibrillator. We went on this run. Now see how valuable I am to this team? You need Cam Chancellor. You want Cam Chancellor. So now it's time to pay Cam Chancellor. So that's going to be really interesting to see how the Seahawks organization deal with that because Michael Bennett wants to get paid too. And speaking of that, Michael Bennett will face off against his brother Martellus Bennett who said that, hey man, my brother's a beast. Sometimes I watch him on tape and I'm astounded and amazed at him. And when they were at Texas A&M, the coaches did not force them to play or practice against one another. But they're going to line up against one another in this game. And we're going to see which Bennett brother is better. Obviously, Martellus says Michael is. I believe Michael is because high energy, always active. But I wonder who talks the most or will talk the most trash talk in the game, if at all. I I remember in, in my early collegiate days, I went to a school in Atlanta when I first started called Morris Brown College. And I had the opportunity to practice against my brother. And it was one of those no hold bar type things. Yeah, he was my brother, but guess what? I was on defense. He was on offense. So I don't even have to tell you how that story ended. You catch a ball just like anyone else. You have to feel the pain just like anyone else. And, and my mom did not like that because I think my brother ended up with a sore shoulder after, you know, I hit him. And like I said, it's not always one of my proudest moments, but when you're the younger brother, there's a lot of things you have to put up with. And then anytime you get a chance to kind of get even, you try to. I'm, I, I hit my brother, and everyone was just yelling like, hey, that's your brother, hey. And I'm just like, so what? He's playing football. And I walk right back to the defensive huddle like it was nothing. I'm not proud of that when I look back on it. I should have shown my brother more respect than I did at that particular time. And my mom gave me an earful. You don't do that to your brother. That's your brother. 
But I guess it didn't help that day that I was a little upset with my brother. So if you're listening, man, I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't keep it together at that particular time. But of course, it never happened again. But we'll have to wait and see what happens with the two Bennett boys. The Seattle Seahawks stand with the Seattle Seahawks, Jimmy Graham, who they traded for, Max Unger, to the New England Saints. He's not happy with his role. He feels as though he's not being targeted enough. And I have to say, I agree with Jimmy Graham. With the rules, the NFL rules being changed the way that they are, where the safeties cannot roam the middle of the field and attack wide receivers and tight ends in the seam, you have to get Jimmy Graham involved in the game. Here's a guy that's 6'7", 265 pounds. He's a matchup nightmare, and you're running wheel routes with him out of the backfield? No. You attack the vertical seam. You force that safety to be active in the passing game. I don't know what's going on, but I know this Seattle Seahawks team has the right to ship. They got to get it together. If not, it's going to be a long year. But luckily for them, they return home to the 12th man where they're great at home. Great at home. We'll continue the conversation about the Seattle Seahawks on the opposite side of the break. But also, we will hear from Denver Broncos' own Peyton Manning as they go on the road to face the Detroit Lions. You listen to Nick Ferguson's secondary perspective here on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening. 
listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Before we went to the break, we were talking about the Seattle Seahawks, their woes, the return of Cam Chancellor and Jimmy Graham not being happy with his role. Office coordinator Dara Vell definitely needs to find a way to get Jimmy Graham involved. 6'7", 265. I mean, just throw it up. It's, it's basketball. I mean, he was a basketball player before at the University of Miami. So give him an opportunity. And also, what happened to those sophisticated deep over routes with Doug Baldwin? You don't even see that anymore. It's like the offense has somewhat changed. I thought the idea was you have some new pieces on your team. You have a sensational kick returner, punt returner, and Tyler Lockett. Run some bubble screens. Make the defense start to adjust to you. Make them react. Instead of you reacting to what the defense is doing. And then you bring over Fred Jackson. Yeah, he's a little long in the tooth, but he still has some skill, some skills remaining. Use your pieces. I mean, it's like nothing has changed. The year is different, but you still have a, a nice core group of guys that can make some plays. What happened to those bunch formations that we saw against the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Use the beat man coverage to get wide receivers open. Chris Matthews, who played in the CFL, who made some sensational catches in the Super Bowl, he hasn't really had any touching. Use your weapons, get them involved, play to your defense. Cam is coming back. I know they're definitely going to be inspired. And what better way to get back on track than against the Chicago Bears? I mean, after starting off 0-2, there's a possibility you can go 2-2 and finish up the first quarter of the season with that record. Because you have the Chicago Bears coming in to the 12th man and then followed by the Detroit Lions. And Seattle's great at home, not on the road, but they're great, a great home team. So your team is going to be fired up. And then you have, after the Bears game, Matthew Stafford coming in, and he was mad. Talk about a nightmare for a quarterback. Bumps and bruises, ribs, shoulder. He's battered and bruised. So we still have to see if he plays this week. But if not, maybe you get Dan Olowski. But either way, you still are playing at home. A, a chance to quiet the naysayers yet again. Because everyone wrote Seattle off last year when they started off slow. But they just found a way defensively to make things happen. 
So that would be great. Seattle Seahawks have the 0-2 start, get back on track, two weeks in a row. And one thing about the NFL, winning cures everything. Whatever's happening that we thought were wrong, all you have to do is put a two-game winning streak together and that all disappear. And you definitely want to do that before you go on the road to face a tough Cincinnati Bengals team that's playing well up front. And Andy Dalton is looking like an entirely different person. He's not making those same mistakes. Yet again, it's not the playoffs. It's early in the season. But if he can continue like this now, oh, that division, that, that AFC North has gotten real interesting. Comes down to a two-horse race. The Pittsburgh Steelers who lit up San Francisco last week and Andy Dalton. And I'm sure those Cincinnati fans, they're hoping that this trend continues. So it's not one of those early exits that we've often come very familiar with with the Bengals, Andy Dalton, and Marvin Lewis. They need a break. They need a break. Fingers are crossed that everyone stays healthy and he continues on his positive streak moving forward because that city, that team, man, they they need some love. Speaking of some love, let's hear a little bit from uh, Peyton Manning. They've been off 10 days after going into Kansas City. And you can say squeaking one out, but you have to find a way to win tough games. You have to find a way. But let's see what Peyton Manning has to say. Golf doesn't really uh, get to me. Uh, uh, I feel like, you know, a lot lot of other people uh, uh, read it, and, uh, you know, whether it's teammates or you know, I, I really don't read a lot of, you know, papers and watch uh, uh, a lot of, um, you know, analysis. But, you know, so obviously uh, you get some friends and teammates that seems to make them quite angry. And, and they, you know, like to tell me, you know, that they're mad. And so, uh, yeah, obviously, it's nice when guys uh, on your team and, you know, of course, your friends and family have your back. And I watch him work every week. I watch him prepare. I watch him practice. And, you know, if we will continue to get better around him he's going to be just fine you know we got to get better around him up front running the ball all those things that take take some things off of his shoulders at times you know and uh we know he can still go do that but we're trying to help him and i think it's about us getting better around him but i can promise you he will do that's you heard from head coach gary kubiak talking about his quarterback uh peyton manning and i was peyton manning uh talking about things and the whispers that are not only taking place in the Denver area, but social media and and this big world of, of media as a whole. And there's so many people who are criticizing Peyton Manning and saying, well, is it the injuries? He's not the same Peyton Manning. And I'm like, wake up, people. He's not the same Peyton Manning. You're not the same guy you were when you were 16. You're just not. I mean, that's just how things go. Yes, injuries do play a factor in it. But I tell you what, I will take a Peyton Manning. Let's just say Peyton Manning's at 
85%. I would take Peyton Manning at 85% over most of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, there are some exceptions in that rule. You have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. But in comparison to some of the other quarterbacks, I mean, he's still a great quarterback. You heard Gary Kubiak just say it. Obviously, they, they're, they're trying to mesh two systems, what, what Coach Kubiak wants to do with what fits Peyton Manning and how he's been comfortable over his career. But I think they're okay. I, I knew that they were going to struggle. This offense was going to struggle as they tried to find that continuity, that chemistry with the system, what fits well. And then they have some young guys up front who are learning on the job, finding out what it's like to be in the NFL, finding out what it's like to protect one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. It's not an easy task. Every Sunday, you're going to face some of the best pass rushers, and you have to be able to stand up, stand tall, and block those guys one-on-one. Now, I would say, Peyton needs to get better at some his ball placement. But I'm sure having 10 days off, he's definitely going to try to make sure he goes in and he does that because he's a very cerebral player. He doesn't want to have a bad game. So all the criticism about Peyton Manning, trust me, Peyton Manning knows that there's much room for improvement and he's going to do that. Now in the show goes on the road to Detroit. Well, like we said earlier, you have a battered and bruised quarterback. And it's like blood in the water for a shark. You know, get your chum bag ready. Because this defense over the past two weeks has come up big. And, and I think that's, that's probably the thing is because the level of expectations go up every year for a Denver Broncos team. Or even go up for a Peyton Manning based on his previous success. So everyone expects you to go out and throw for gaudy numbers because that that is the trend now. You know, you're considered a great quarterback if you throw for gaudy numbers in a regular season. You know, and you just kind of take away any idea of a postseason record, postseason appearances. But that's what it is now. Everyone's fascinated by numbers. But for me, the only numbers that, that actually count is the win column. And I think it was unusual for a lot of Peyton Manning fans, critics, is he's not winning ball games the way that he used to with his arm. He's relying on his defense to win. And to me, you got to love that idea if you're any, any coach, coordinator, or player. Because you still have to run the ball. And you still have to play great defense, whether at home, especially on the road. So if you have to win games, like the baseball score where that is not sexy, so be it. We watched Seattle do it last year, and they did it all the way to the Super Bowl, one play from winning back-to-back Super Bowls. But you need to have a stop defense. DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller on the outside. Darren Stewart in the secondary. Akeem Tlaib creating turnovers. A very opportunistic defense uh, the Broncos have. So I, I think people need to just stop 
worry and just kind of get used to the trend. Defense still wins championship. Quarterbacks put up stats during the regular season. But then the postseason, that's a team game. You got to have balance. You got to play great defense. Your defense will be counted on to win a couple of games before the season is over. That's football, ladies and gentlemen. That's football. Now, there is something interesting before we get out of here. I definitely want to make sure I touch on. You guys might have heard about it, the incident of a coach telling his players to physically attack an official because of some alleged racial slurs that were being used. Secondary coach Mark Breed of John Jay High School resigned after stating that he, in fact, told the two players, Michael Moreno and Victor Rojos, that they need to do something to the ref. Almost sent a message. So you got to think about these young men. They're very vulnerable, easily influenced. You always want to do what your coach is asking you to do. But I don't take the onus off of the two players. I'm just not going to blame Mark Breed by himself. These are two players, 17 and 15. We all know right from wrong. You don't... You know if he's telling you to go out and hit someone, why do it? You may feel as though it's in the best interest of the team. That's not in the best interest of the team. That's not helping the team. Now, all three parties find themselves in tough situations. The two kids might have to go to another school. Mark Breed is now out of a job. And I've said it before on this program, and I say it again. You know, there is a rule and a list and guidelines for being a great coach. And you have to be able to use and wield that power well. It's a football game. Let's not take it that serious. Not where we have to inflict bodily harm on another player because we're upset, but more importantly, the officials. If there's a a discrepancy, go to the head judge. Do something about it. But it's never a reason to physically accost someone in a game in a very physical manner that could cause serious harm to that individual. New York Giants, Washington Redskins, can the Giants get on track? I say they can. So we'll tune into this game tonight. Feel free to tweet me at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. So let me know your thoughts throughout the game. This is Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, here on Voice America Sports. I'd like to thank Justin for keeping the boards running smoothly, even though we had a couple of early technical difficulties. But until next week, have a safe and joyous weekend. And we'll see you right back here next Thursday. Thanks again.
again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. 